Welcome to More Than Once Upon a Time, a storytelling podcast where we celebrate the ancient art of storytelling in the modern day. No matter what medium, we can find great stories if we look hard enough and dive deep enough. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to the first episode of More Than Once Upon a Time. To start things off, I want to introduce myself. My name is Sean Dunn, and I'm a senior at Wayne State College. I'm currently close to finishing an English writing degree with a minor in digital film production. I loved reading or hearing a good story ever since I was a kid, and even now, I'll find myself entranced if a film, a show, a book, a game, a poem, or even a song has wonderful writing to it, and I believe it's important to wander and explore what it's like to tell a story or to write a story or to dissect a story and see what makes a good story good. With that, I'd like to dive into a story that I think is worth checking out. It's become insanely popular over a short period of time, but actually has roots that go much deeper than most people would expect. This series has won the hearts of readers, gamers, and most recently, Netflix bingers alike. Today, we'll be diving into the story of Andrei Sapkowski's The Witcher. So, what exactly is The Witcher? I believe the best way to describe The Witcher is as a dark fantasy about a powerful but ostracized monster slayer who, despite wanting a simple life, finds himself in complicated matters involving sorceresses, kings, race strife, politics, magic, and, of course, monsters. The series' main character is Geralt of Rivia, a white-haired witcher for hire. Beginning in 1986 as a short story in a sci-fi fantasy magazine, the franchise first started as a book series. It became very popular in its homeland of Poland, as well as parts of Central and Eastern Europe. The very first book that featured Geralt, The Last Wish, was published in Poland in 1993 then it had its first English publication in 2007. While we were just learning who Geralt of Rivia was in English, Europe was treated to a movie and a TV series just five years prior. Along with its English literary adaptation, the series also received its first video game adaptation as well, simply titled The Witcher. From its beginnings to now, The Witcher series has eight books, six comics, a movie, a TV series, three main series video games with several spin-off games, and most recently, a Netflix series. Huh, what a legacy. The world of The Witcher takes place around the 12th to the 13th century. The story takes place near the west coast of an unnamed continent. To the north lies many different fractal kingdoms that typically have their own rules and customs. To the south lies the Nilfgaardian Empire the biggest kingdom known to man within this universe. The Nilfgaardian rulers have been slowly encroaching upon northern kingdoms, looking to totally rule the continent. This causes wars and political strife between the north and the south, with some of the small communities and villages being caught up in the crossfire. Though heavily civilized, the land still lays untamed and full of monsters. In several locations, schools are set up to help train children to be raised as monster slayers. In a nutshell, this is the world of the Witcher.
Among the setting of The Witcher lie some of the memorable characters. I've mentioned Geralt a bit already, but I kind of want to talk about him a little bit longer. So, Geralt is one of a few especially trained warriors known as the Witchers. The academy that made these warriors, known simply as a Witcher school, recruited children and pushed them through a series of rigorous physical conditioning, alchemical training, and even mutation experimentation. Geralt was raised in this environment and basically has known no other life and only sought to do what he was trained to do, kill monsters. Geralt has been described as cold, foul-tempered, and scary. To the ones that know him fairly well, however, he tends to show a more thoughtful and softer side. Alongside Geralt are a cast of other great characters, particularly popular and mimetic in the Netflix show. There is Yaskier, also known as Dandelion. A poet and a bard, Yaskier is a sprightly, confident, and rather upfront skirt chaser who easily finds himself in trouble. You'll probably recognize him for his ballad, Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. While his behavior is plenty scornworthy, his level of friendliness and appreciation to those he is close with is something truly to admire. The arcing narrative of the third game, The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, takes place from Yaskier's perspective as a storyteller. Really, the whole game is just as if you were listening to him at some sort of local tavern telling stories of an old friend. It's a really fun narrative coming from a really fun character. Geralt knew how to mingle not only with bards, but sorceresses as well. One of them, a close friend and unrequited lover, is Triss Marigold. A child prodigy, she found herself in a school learning healing potions at a very young age. After completing her schooling, she became an advisor to one of the northern kings. Triss is best described as sweet and friendly, but also cunning. When she met Geralt, who was going through an on-and-off relationship at the time, she took an opportunity and used a spell to make Geralt fall in love with her. This, however, was only temporary, and when the spell wore off, Geralt broke off the relationship. The two remain close friends, though Triss still has a yearning for Geralt that goes unfulfilled. The romance between the two characters mostly takes place in the games and goes unseen in the show. In my personal opinion, I think this makes the dynamics between these two much more interesting to observe in the games than the Netflix series. There's a more complicated relationship, they simply have more interactions, and the characters transform a bit more through the story. There's another sorceress involved in Geralt's adventure, Yennefer. Also an advisor to a king like Triss, she and Geralt have a rocky relationship. While it's not exactly clear where Geralt and Yennefer started dating, their relationship is best described by most of the characters as being turbulent at best. Somehow, the two seem to keep coming back together. Where Triss is approachable, Yennefer is standoffish and somewhat intimidating. Geralt gets a lot of this treatment through dialogue between the two. However, Yennefer does show moments of vulnerability and appreciation though some of Geralt's feral witcher friends would say that it's too far and too few in between. Coinciding well with her dismissive attitude is her boldness, strength, and mental fortitude. If there was ever a rose to have thorns, Yennefer would be that one rose. With that, we're going to go take a short break. Go grab a drink, use the restroom, do whatever you need to do. 
and I'll see you in just a minute. Okay, break's over. Let's get back to the storytelling action. So, I want to tell you from my perspective why I believe that The Witcher has great storytelling. Keep in mind, however, that this is my opinion and that the extent of my interactions with the series is mostly with the game canon. So, what makes The Witcher a good story? Well, thanks to the series' long-running history, there's plenty of lore to explore especially for newcomers to the series. For instance, Geralt is sometimes referred to as the Butcher of Blaviken by some folk when he's around. This is referring to one of the older stories where Geralt is forced to kill a group of seemingly innocent men while trying to collect a bounty. The townspeople of Blaviken become distraught and run Geralt out of town. This brutal scene is originally one of the short stories, so you aren't given context to this through other media. You'd have to look it up or read the story to find out why Geralt is called that name. And I think that this creates an air of mystery and intrigue around the character. In any case, the characters of The Witcher all have stories that aren't told right off the bat that make you want to know more about them. Along with that, there's a lot of the world that creates this connected backstory. So far, what I have given you about these characters only really scratches the surface and contains a lot more than one would expect. The Witcher really is one of those series you could spend hours researching online, so if you're into that, The Witcher is for you. Another thing that makes The Witcher series great is the cast of characters. Each character, no matter how big or small, feels distinct and important. The characters are understood in having certain traits, but are not necessarily defined by them so they feel real. The characters are also recognizable not only by their personality, but also physically. That may be an odd thing to appreciate, but watching the characters change throughout the series stops them from becoming stale. I would say that this is reflected mostly in the series' popularity. Geralt's memorabilia is iconic in Europe. Geralt carries with him this little medallion that is shaped into the head of a wolf because he is known as the White Wolf. They make medallions in real life modeled after that medallion, and they sell very well. As much as I enjoy this series, I believe there's also a fault to it. Ironically, it's also one of its best aspects. It's the mere size of the franchise. I think the Netflix series has opened up from a somewhat niche English audience to a bigger group of consumers, which is a point I'll get to in just a little bit. Anyway, there's a lot of newcomers to the series, 
and those who may be interested enough to learn more of the series may want to dig deep. There is so much to each character, and in order to learn about that character, you have to learn about another character, and quite honestly, it can be a little bit exhausting. One important topic I wanted to touch on is just how many different ways there is to experience The Witcher. As I said at the beginning, there are the books, the comics, the games, the film, the show, and the Netflix series. Based on the release dates of the media, I would make a guess that most American consumption of The Witcher is through the games and the Netflix series, whereas Poland and the other parts of Europe, where the series is a cult hit, has been able to enjoy all of the series in one place. Since each version of the series tells a little bit different story, there are bound to be fan-based conflicts on canon interpretations of the story, but that's a discussion all by itself. The book series always sets the tone for the rest of the other media, in my opinion. I think that's a fair belief to have, especially when compared to other series uh, with multimedia stories like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. In any case, the books provided a great story for the other mediums to make their respective counterparts to. I've had a lot of experience with the game series, and it has been a great experience. It also offers fans something unique to the series, alternative scenarios. For example, you can choose what actions Geralt takes within the story in order to get a different outcome. For instance, there's a quest in the game where Geralt can choose the fate of young thieves stealing from an old woman because they have nowhere else to go. You can report them to the old woman who will take care of them at the cost of labor or leave them to their own devices out in the hard forest. So, if you're into gaming, definitely worth the pickup. If not, I suggest going to YouTube for gameplay videos. The comics, in comparison to the books, go to the detail of solidifying how Geralt, Triss, Yaskier, and Yennefer look. Along with that, the comics also make more use of dialogue and visuals to match the actions of the dialogue. Plus, it's really cool to see how unique and different artistic styles look with the characters. As popular as comic book heroes are in America, I'm sure it's not a big surprise that Geralt was going to get a comic book adaptation. I haven't read the comics, so I'm not really sure how closely it follows the literary canon, but I'd venture a guess and say they're worth the read. In Poland, around 2001 and 2002, the Witcher received both a film and a television series titled The Hexer. Both were the first attempts to put The Witcher on the screen. Both were also considered to be very poorly executed and bad representations of the franchise. Even Sepkowski himself had scorn against the film and the show, saying that he would say how he felt, but at the time, it was Lent, and he remarked that he is a Polish Catholic and that he would not curse during Lent. <laughs> Ouch. That's a tough break for anyone on the production crew of that movie. So, in short, feel free to skip the Polish film and TV show. Finally, we get to the Netflix series. I've heard a lot of really good things about the show, and from what I've heard, Henry Cavill is a great actor and portrays Geralt very well, and apparently has a lot of fun with it. Sepkowski has expressed praise for the show as well, especially for Cavill's acting. I think with the quality of talent, the well-orchestrated choreography, and the amusing dialogue between characters, 
it makes the Netflix series a good introduction to the series. However, I feel as though it'll be a little on the shallow end for in-depth understanding of the series. For one, there is a lot of content within the series, and to be able to cover it would take a lot of time and research. Another thing is that, especially with the panache of Netflix shows, the literary elements of The Witcher will be lost. The screenwriting of The Witcher doesn't lend itself well to the books because some of the dialogue doesn't feel authentic. For people who are looking for something to refer back to the sort of literary flourish that The Witcher is known for, it may just not hit right for you. So, I'd like to offer my own ideas and thoughts about The Witcher. While I consider myself a fan of the fantasy genre, I would also say that I am particularly picky on what fantasy media is out there. In my opinion, a lot of them are too often a little generic. For The Witcher, its for sure strength is the characters. That isn't to say the lore isn't good, but I don't pay as much attention to that because it is so expansive. I was once told in a script writing class that if your setting or story is only sort of interesting, then you have to make sure your characters are extra interesting. I think Geralt is a really great character to just look at. I think his design is unique and really cool, and his backstory is really good as well. Sapkowski really made Geralt worth reading. The same for Triss and Yennefer and Yaskier. They all have their awesome roles and aren't really confined to any sort of stereotyped character. Triss and Yennefer are powerful female characters that sometimes need help but never pose as the weak princess in need of rescue. Another part about The Witcher that lends to its uniqueness is its base in fantasy. It borrows a lot from its stories and creatures from Polish and Slavic mythology. Why is this unique? Simply put, I have not heard of any other franchises that uses folklore or mythologies from these cultures. So, you get all these Polish fairy tales and myth stories, sometimes mixed with some Western storytelling and action, and you are offered a really wonderful mix of interesting but recognizable stories from a great writer, and The Witcher is a result of that. As I said before, I've primarily gotten to know the series through the games, and I've had a blast just exploring the world and learning about the characters through that medium, and I'd recommend it to anyone who has the capabilities to play it or to anyone curious enough to watch someone play it. The storytelling is what is important to the series, so gameplay tends to take a back seat, or at least it did in my experience. Nevertheless, it's a really enjoyable experience that lasts a long time. Plus, it tends to go on sale pretty frequently. For those seeking to get the purest experience of the series, or are just looking for a good read, I'd suggest hitting up Amazon, or Barnes & Noble, or even your local library to find the books. There are a number of books to the series, as well as a guide to help read it in chronological order. For those who are looking for a mix between action and reading, the comic books are probably more your speed. If you're looking for a laugh, watch the early film and TV series. Finally, if you have just some sort of general interest in the series, but aren't looking to go too deep within it, then I would suggest watching the Netflix show. It's super accessible and fun to watch. And on that note, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed what you heard and that you'll tune in next time. Have a good one.